Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Guys, this is Jessie. Hi, it's Helen here. And you're listening to another episode of Asian Bitches Down Under. What up? Sup? Hi, everyone. Sup? Ah, uh, you start. <laughs> I was talking to this guy on a dating app, and the first thing uh, he said was to me was "sup, Jess." S U P. Oh, that sounds like, so like age twenty one. I don't know really? how to comment on that. This it guy's thirty seven. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yep. <laughs> S-U-P. I was like, oh, uh, is know, this how I we know. talk now? And he, wa- and he wasn't black either, just so you know. It's oh. a white dude. <laughs> whenever whenever I see sub, S-U-P, yeah. I, I, I start thinking the stand-up paddling board. I don't know why. Because why? there's so many S-U-P signs up on the coast here, you know, like the serving stores. Yeah, so what does I, it stand I for? Uh, stand-up Paddleboard. Paddleboard. Oh. Yeah, paddleboard, yeah. Yeah, right. That's so funny. But then I was like thinking, what should I reply to sup? Should I reply like, yo? Yo, <laughs> yo what up? Yo, mate? <laughs> Such a weird way to greet someone, hey? Yeah, it is. Okay, so what's happening around now? Well, let me start. Um, yeah? We shouldn't really mention your book, I think. We just need to talk about it and ask everyone to go out and buy it. Yeah, A Lonely Girl is a Dangerous Scene. By Jessie too. Yeah, of course. And I want to do a shout out to a podcast I started listening to a couple of weeks yeah. ago. It's called The Good Gay Podcast. Oh, nice. Is it Australian? No, it's, it's actually based in Britain. Mm. So there are two really lovely... Young guys, yeah. Asian? Uh, One's Asian and one's English, but the podcast is in Mandarin Chinese. So their target audience is, you know, mostly Chinese. Yeah. So they're two gay guys. One is uh, like white, I think. Yeah. Uh, And the other one's Chinese. And they both... Oh, the white guy can speak Mandarin. Yes. And his Mandarin is really, really good. Oh my God, I'm listening to this like immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to it. It's so so good, yeah. And the last episode I've listened to was about animations, how Mm. animation portrayal uh, LGBTQI people, um, yeah, yeah, communities. Yeah, Yeah, I thought that was really brilliant. Yeah, it's really brilliant. What's this podcast called again? Two gays. Uh, (laughs) No, uh, the Good Gay Podcast. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And before I head into what I've just let everyone know what I've read this week. Um, we just want to quickly mention that if you listen to our last week's episode on sexual empowerment, you would have known that we were doing, uh, we're still doing a collaboration with Soy and Spice Lingerie. <laughs> so if you haven't done so, I mean, yeah, do it after you listen to our podcast. Yeah. So follow their Instagram and also check out their website if you want to, you know, grab yourself some lingerie, sexy underwear yeah it's awesome it's a really great company yeah you can how do you um how do you sign up for the competition um there's a landing page that we'll have on our show notes for okay cool yeah just click click on that and you'll be in the chance for winning free lingerie and like really nice expensive lingerie as well it looks fantastic Okay, so I finished reading Good Guild of Chinatown by Genevieve Chen the past few days. Yeah, it's a non-fiction book, right? It's a non-fiction, it's a, her memoir. 
Okay. So it's her adventurous life between you know from London to Shanghai, as a burlesque. Did I pronounce it right? But burlesque, burlesque yeah. yeah, yeah, burlesque yeah. dancer. So mm-hmm. intertwined with the stories of a you know her past two generations, her grandparents and also her parents' life from China mm. to Taiwan, and then mm. eventually Australia. Um, I'm not the book reviewer like Jesse, so I really have limited vocabularies to describe the books. But with this book, it kind of initially I had a bit of confusion because you know the timeline jumps around between 2000, then 1940s, and then 1970s, mm-hmm. and then back into the 80s in Sydney when she was growing up. But I kind of caught up and understood the sequence towards the middle of the book. To be honest, I'm not quite sure if Chen want to emphasize. It seems like she want to emphasize more of her life in China, where when she was,、mm. you know, the burlesque dancer. But I think I'm more intrigued by the story of her grandparents' life and her also her parents' life because that really resonated me quite a、yeah. lot. I mean, we haven't got in touch with her, but I do feel like a connection that her family background is very very similar to ours. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this book was published by Penguin. So、mm-hmm. when it came out a few years ago, I was really, really excited to see that.、Mm-hmm. I didn't finish it when I tried to read it a few years、mm-hmm. ago, but I was excited when you picked it up. Yeah, so maybe give it a try. I think、yeah. it's worth reading it. Okay, so my personal rant of the week is:、mm-hmm. I feel so contradicted of what's coming up in the next few days. Yeah, on this weekend is my seventeenth, seventeenth. Uh, wedding anniversary. Seventeen. <laughs> You've been married for seventeen years. Yeah, seventeen. Are you serious? Yeah. Do you look twelve? <laughs> no, I don't. So it just looks so weird. Okay, sorry, sorry. It's so weird. That's like more than half your life. I can't imagine. What is it? So what does it feel like to have married someone for seventeen years? I just feel like it. Just the time just gone past、yeah. really, really quickly. That's scary. But you know when. This kind of anniversary or birthday comes up, I like one side of me wants to think about it, and the other side of part of me want to just thinking that oh maybe I shouldn't make a big deal out、mm. of it. It's just another day. I don't know. It just feel like there's nothing. Like whenever one when when whenever people is talking about weddings and kind of celebrations things and things like that, I think people should be celebrating weddings and things like that. But I don't think people should make a big deal out of it. I mean, society makes such a big deal when.、Mm. There's a wedding. I feel like the bigger achievement is that you can have someone in yeah, your life for that long. together、yeah. in the、Rather、long term. Rather than marking the、yeah. sort of legal、um, commencement of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes I do like I want to celebrate when people have divorce. I don't know if it's controversy. No, I think that's a thing in Japan. They have like divorce ceremonies, right? Yeah. Where they like smash the ring. <laughs> Yeah, we should have like divorce parties. You know, I think some of、oh, my、totally. friends are happier、yeah. after divorce. Absolutely, milestone that you get out of a crappy marriage. Absolutely, fucking. You know, if I ever get married, I am definitely, definitely going to get divorced as well. I just know, <laughs> I know myself. I know how mercurial I am. I know I am going to fall out of out of love with the man I marry. That's not <laughs> very promising.、Guaranteed. That's not very promising for who cares? Like, whoever. Like,、yeah. I I feel like I'm just as like I'm realistic. I'm not a cynic. I'm realistic. There's a difference. Oh, yeah, you know,、yeah. more half of marriages end up in divorce.、Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like there's a side of me that 
wakes up and I'm like, oh, I want to be romantic and think, yeah, I want to get married for the long run. But mm. then the other side of me is like, so what? If I'm a wife for 10 years and then I'm no longer someone's wife for 10 years, so mm. be it. I can re- get remarried mm. for like two, three, four times. Also, yeah. my favorite authors and artists in history were all divorcees and they all had mm. led really fucked up lives. I'm happy with that. I think there's just options for people, you know, we shouldn't be constrained in one type of life that you just mm. have to stay with one person. Not yeah. that, no, I'm not saying that I'm not going to do it. I just think that I'm just thinking that Sean's listening to it now. He's getting worried. <laughs> yeah. Better censor yourself, Helen. <laughs> yeah. And how about you? Um, I didn't get up to um, much consumption this week because I was doing other things. Wink, wink. <laughs> I have been reviewing another book um, for my SMH, The Age, job Mm -hmm. as a book critic. I'm such a serious person now. I have a serious job and a very serious bookshelf. Anyway, this one I am reviewing is a book by a debut author. She's she's actually a playwright. Her name's Claire Christian. She's the person who produced single Asian, single Asian ladies, single female Asian. Remember that play by Michelle Law? Oh, okay. Yeah. The one that you went to see. Yeah. That's not the one I went to see with you. Oh, what did it? you see with me? I think it was the other one that I saw with you the was like something, 100 way. Penis. Yeah. In one, in 100 Nights, wasn't it? Yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, that was different. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. But this one, yeah, so this is a white woman writing about basically a woman who gets separated from her girlfriend of nine years and then she goes around Europe and fucks to find pleasure. It's just mm-hmm. this, it's kind of like a queer version, a white woman's queer version of Eat, Pray, Love. Um, wow, okay. It's it sounds really middle brow and like yeah, it's sure it's not like highbrow literature, but it's not trying to be highbrow literature. It's really mm-hmm. fun. I mm-hmm. I've laughed out loud so many times, and it's mm-hmm. really hard to write funny on the page. Yeah, so yeah, I'm very very thankful for this book. It's called. The book title is called It's Been a Pleasure, Nonely Blake. And her name, the character in that is called Nonely Blake. Such a hard name to say, Noni. Yeah, Noni. Yeah. Noni. Noni. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's kind of what I've been doing. I've just been trying to finish this. It's a long book. I feel like books these days are way too long. <laughs> oh, God. yeah. But not the book that you just gave me over the weekend. I've started reading the Sakaya Maruta's oh yeah, Earthly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I just realized literally. I just realized the moment you just told me right now while we we're recording mm-hmm. that um, you were referring to the book. And when I got yeah. your text this morning, I thought you were referring to the documentary. The which with, documentary with Waki Phoenix? Waki Phoenix. Yeah, he had a documentary about uh, like called Earthlings, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was about veganism. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when I got your text last la- this morning, I was like, oh, why is Helen too telling me to watch this like aggressively propagandistic vegan documentary? It's slightly violent. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, should we jump into our main topic today? Yes, I'm excited, yeah, so guys. <laughs> So um, I um, subscribed to this amazing app called Autumn, which everyone should get on, A-D-U-M. And basically it reads out feature articles from about 25 really prestigious magazines in the States Mm -hmm. and from the UK. So things like New York Times, New York Times Magazine, New Yorker, the Texas Monthly, uh, the London Review of Books, uh, the New Republic, um, 
yeah, those such like places where they produce high caliber journalism, long form journalism. So um, they this app gives you professional actors reading out these articles, and it's sensational. It's cool. only ten dollars a month, and mm-hmm. so I listened to an article a few days ago by a, a, a feature writer called Amanda Fitzsimmons that was published in the New York Times magazine, and it was about this thing called home edit. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, what is this home edit thing? Um, anything to do with women, I tend to click on. Yeah. And so I found out, for y'all who don't know, Home Edit is a company started by two women in their 30s called Clea Shearer, who's 38, and Joanna Teplin. And these two women, they met in 2015, so only five years ago, and they live in um, Nashville. So they moved to Nashville because both their husbands had work there Mm -hmm. and then they were kind of like technically stay-at-home mothers Mm -hmm. and then they decided to sort of start this kind of aspirational organizational company where very much they hire like people hire them to reorganize their pantries or their Mm -hmm. closets or different parts of their homes according to sort of a very instagram pleasing aesthetic Mm -hmm. they're turning this idea of tidiness as a form of luxury Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, I kind of went online, looked at their Instagram page. They have a crazy, like, 1.6 million followers. Last year, they published a book, which is really expensive. It's, like, 50 bucks I saw online. And then this year, um, like, a couple of days ago, they came out with their first show called Home Edit, Organising with Home Edit, and it has eight seasons, and the first uh, episode eight they Eight seasons have... or eight? Sorry, eight episodes. episodes. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh my God, I eight seasons already. Can... <laughs> yeah. But basically, um, they do very much what Marie Kondo did mm-hmm. a few years ago, and then mm-hmm. we'll go get into the whole Marie Kondo fiasco later, the whole deal with her. But um, the first episode has Reese Witherspoon, um, and every each episode has basically a celebrity and then like a normal person. Mm-hmm. And then they go in and try and organize the shit out of their closets mm-hmm. and everything. Helen, why, why does this duo of white women make us so angry? Why does it piss us okay. off? I would start by just talking about the show briefly, like how you did, as in how sure. I perceive, and I'll talk about how yeah. my thoughts and my opinions maybe in the second half. Yeah, okay. So essentially, this is mostly white. You have a very white like a team yeah i don't want to so, it shouldn't be cargo cast so their their team is very white yeah, so these two women have like a home edit team where they have about five really young women yes and they all have like yeah. the same face and the same hairstyle they're just so they mm-hmm. look so manicured and fake they i think they just picked out like the people from the same family or something like that I, it just gave me a feeling like that i watched those first three episodes but i didn't watch them through i kind of like jump right, jump right. jump uh-huh, yeah uh-huh. every 10 minutes but i feel like i'm watching the same thing over and over again i'm seeing gazillion pieces of clothing yep. shoes accessories yeah uh, just made me feel like there's a pervasiveness of con- consumerism yeah and materialism yeah that's yeah. right there's a there's a bit of to- tokenistic that it was shown i think was on the third or the second episode where they had the mixed family okay what mixed I think there was a white dad and the black okay. mom. Oh yes, um, I saw okay. that. I saw the snippets of that where they were fixing the uh-huh. garage. What I'm seeing from the show, okay, is that it's the incentives for people to do more damage to the environment <laughs> by like purchasing non-essential stuff for the yeah, house. Yeah, I love that. And on this point, I want to mention Kmart culture. I don't know if anyone had uh, has coined that term, 
but my feeling like if it's for Australian society it will be like essentially Kmart culture where you have mass produced of the same stuff the same type of aesthetic presentation mm. for McDonald's mentions that's just my for McDonald for what McDonald mentions you know the mentions that are huge and oh, they're all mentions. the same uh-huh. yeah right yeah, yeah yeah there's a quote that I picked up from Psychology Today about this kind of you know entertainment show it's yeah. pretty much you know ninety percent the quote is ninety percent of what is considered popular culture which is really what's happening with this kind of show yeah you know is churned by churned out by corporations you know with a so with a sole purpose that we can convert it into Ferocious consumers. Yeah, yeah totally. that's right. Yeah, because the thing is, um, for listeners who don't know, um, they their business is not just like their service; they also sell stuff. Like they sell storage, storage facilities, and like mm-hmm. for instance, um, when they were renovating, when they were trying to clear up, edit, they call it editing. They have this whole system of like edit, cleanse. Oh no, no, edit, organize, enhance, or something like that. Like there's this mm-hmm. four stage system system enhancement um and when they were in a woman's bedroom i uh, sorry closet like all of like the first episode like reese witherspoon has a ridiculous number like a space in her mansion so that's like <laughs> sort of expected and not surprising for a celebrity but the second person who they edit they go into the house of a doctor and she has a closet like who the fuck has a closet people with walk-in. space yeah she has a walking <laughs> closet and like her closet is like bigger than a lot of people's whole entire apartment um, no i wouldn't say apartment but like bedroom uh-huh um mm-hmm. and the 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 fact that they don't even just mention that or just point that out is really i think it's quite gross mm-hmm. um and she's white the doctor so the the business the home edit business also sells com sort of like stationary stuff compartmentalizing things like helen said like stuff you would find at kmart or kiki you know, the mm-hmm. stationery store Kiki's mm-hmm. or um, yep. Typo. Typo yep. is another, yeah. Mm-hmm. Typo and also Squiggles or Squimmels. What's that? Smiggles. Smiggles, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah, kid's like, one. Yeah. yeah, kids like, like um, in the last couple of years, I've noticed that there's been this return of people's, there's been a heightened fanaticism towards cleaning up or aesthetic aestheticizing our workspaces mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you know i've noticed that a lot of people buy 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 stationaries in order to like make their workplace look better mm-hmm, and and all mm-hmm. under the guise of functioning more as more like effectively mm-hmm. and i'm using air quotes when i say functioning you know mm-hmm. i love helen that you've coined this term came out culture it is very much this idea that they're espousing this idea that to get your shit together people you need to go out and buy this box, this coat hanger, storage, storage yeah. faci- like the, like one of the rules that they gave to both Weiss Witherspoon and the Doctor on the first episode was have matching coat hangers. Oh. And I was like, who the fuck has the luxury to make sure that every single coat hanger is matching? Yeah. That is just like... I think that's just I, I OCD. A- oh, God. That's just absolutely OCD, isn't it? I, I think it's just so egregious that they fail to mention that space has become capital yeah, of in course. America and yeah. in all of Western society. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at the slums in India and any any space where, like, any any country in, like, Southeast Asia where mm-hmm. families families of seven live in one room mm-hmm. on a mattress. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it astonishes me that we live in a world where we have shows like this 
I mean, I get it. I, I, I feel like there's no point in me making that kind of comparison. But it still feels deeply sickening mm-hmm. that we have shows that so egregiously sell this idea of consuming more mm-hmm. in order to like have a picture-perfect life. Mm-hmm. With your comment about this kind of show, why we'll have this kind of show, I'll have my own theory a bit later mm. regarding mm. how it impacts our society. But before we yeah. get into that, I found uh, five review articles about home edit or home ed. You know, there nice. are, actually I found six, sorry, six, six articles online only two that are a bit more like our critical move, whereas the other four, they're either been paid to say good things, which I truly beha- believe that is very likely. And one of mm. them actually lists out all the products that you saw on the show that you can purchase. Oh my God, and kill me. Simply really like the show. I don't know. There, there's nothing wrong about the show. You know, I mean, we live yeah. in a democracy society. You get to choose what to watch. Whether to, yeah, exactly. You know? and, and it is like the girls are annoyingly funny or funnily <laughs> annoying like um I, I prefer the blonde uh-huh. over the brunette the brunette is the one that just cannot shut up i think clear <laughs> is the more annoying one and joanna is the one i actually prefer uh-huh, uh-huh. so you get to choose what you want to watch but you gotta think what's is that influencing on your consumptions you know that's yeah. how, is that making you how you like do around your home you know and is that what you call, people are starting to call it, you know, maybe mainstream. Is it really mainstream or is it you've just been manipulated to think that you should be doing that? Yeah. There's a quote from one of the um, Variety article written by Daniel Adira. He says that the show is precise polar opposite of Netflix, similar title, Tidying Up with Marie Kendo, Kondo. Okay, so you, we can yeah. get into that next. He says that oh, both shows feature... At their centre, presents whose commitment to a manner of homekeeping feels unrelatable in its extreme, extremity. But if Condor's ethos is all about shedding attachments, the home ad show emphasise a sort of fetishistic maximising, purchasing and displaying new... I don't even know what's this word. Gargoas. G-U-W-G-A-W. G... Say again. G-E-W... G-E-W-R... G A W. Jugal. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> anyway, it's funny to come up with vocabs. Anyway. It says, "Oh, a showy Jugal. Ju- a showy thing, especially one that is useless or worthless." <laughs> okay, there you Beautiful. go. That's big. Yeah. That's perfect. So displaying new Googles at yeah. the container store in order to display, particularly on social media, exactly. all the proud abundance of one life. That's what he said. And that quote brings me to my final point about this, the reason why I hate shows like this, mm-hmm. um, is because it's kind of a, it's following and kind of heightening and amplifying the way in which we are being asked to turn our entire environment around ourselves and the spaces mm-hmm. we live around into Instagram-friendly environments. It's like everything is for the Instagram now. Everything needs to look presentable. It's like, what the hell has happened to... It's almost like these women are forcing us to sort of focus our attention on making the spaces around us look palatable for show. It was It's just for show, for, the, for public display on Instagram. And that really bothers me because it feels really vacuous. You know, like my personal yeah, space, yeah. my personal home is a place that I don't have to broadcast. I don't, my bookshelf does not have to be arranged 
according to Roy G. Bev colours. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it seems yeah. really ludicrous. It really does. Yeah. And the way, and I think it makes me deeply upset because they have managed to capitalise on this idea so well. And it's almost like, what the fuck happened to feminism? Like these, the thing is, like Marie Kondo's team, Home Edit's team, all of these people we see on these shows are women. That's Where right. are the men? Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah it's, it's continually espousing this. It's almost like they're brightening up the image that our mothers were given and the magazines mm-hmm. that were espousing this kind of domesticity from the 50s. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? where have the past 70 years gone? Nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, they've just yeah. splits up. They've just blitzed up this idea of 1950s housewife bonanza, bonanza and made it pretty mm-hmm. and presentable. And that's so discouraging. I think they have kind of glorified the home uh-huh. life or home lifestyle where yeah. that you're supposed to have presentation of your home yep. to keep it up with the Joneses. Exactly. Is that how, you know, the, the yeah. Western turn. I, I, can't, yeah. I can't come up with a turn in Chinese, but that's, you know, how I learn, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. You're yeah, supposed yeah. to have this, you're supposed to have that, you're supposed to have a perfect husband, <laughs> shit yeah. like that, you know. I just feel that the show don't really have inner content because every 10 minutes I jump into, I feel like I'm seeing the same stuff. Right. Mountains of clothes, mountains of jewelries. And there's an episode of Cleo Kardashian where she wants the the ladies to tidy up the, I think was, correct me if I'm wrong, um, I believe was like a whole whole room of her, the free merchandises that she received as being a celebrity that has really... I don't know what kind of contribution she has done to a society. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's so egregious. Yeah. I don't understand someone like Khloe Kardashian or any of the Kardashians at all. Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. I think they have so much power and force. And, and influence is sickening. Yeah. Honestly. I know it is sickening. I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you, Helen. And it's mm-hmm. something that I love to, I would love to interrogate in like a really, really long book that one day I might write, write. just this idea mm-hmm. of how much influence that celebrities have. And I was about to say it's it's a very America-centric problem, but, yes. it's, but yes. it's not. Like in India and in China, celebrities have so much power. I feel like right. celebrities yeah. have so much power everywhere. Mm. I, I think in Australia, thank God we don't really have that. I mean, I can't think of any Australian celebrities I mean, maybe because we're not in that kind of social group, you know. I mean, there's still a lot of tabloid, and right. which we will talk about in the second half. I've got a quote here from the same article I mentioned earlier. He mm. says that a system to help you shed all attachments that keeps itself going by creating new ones, like a deliciously smooth lack of complication of self-doubt. It's very perfect for its moment. At the, you know, it makes get organized, quoting, into a fascinating work for a time in which other virtues have fallen away. Ruleless consumption sits at the center of American life. Mm, I feel like this quote that. is very relatable to the podcast. Uh, for example, Nice White Parents, you know. Yeah. The idea where a certain group, most likely privileged. Yeah, white. Um, and why? Okay, in some cases, there's other ethnic groups, of mm-hmm. course, but mm-hmm. most likely are very affluent and privileged uh, categories. Mm. They want to create and generate like a new system or products to no end. Honestly, what do, what do you mean no ends? What do you mean? As in, they continue to exploit mm. people's insecurity about their own life. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than fixing the original problems, you know, we've got people that is, you know. 
going below poverty lines and we have people that's yeah. not surviving. I don't know. There's just so many social problems and you have this kind of show. I know, yeah. Helen, yeah. it's called capitalism, yeah. mate. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> oh, money is the bottom line. Should we take a break? Let's take a break and we'll be back soon on Asian Bitches Down Under. And we're back. You're listening to Asian Bitches Down Under. This is Jessie. And I'm Helen. And so we're talking today about the new sensation on Netflix, a show called Home Edit. Um, If you've just joined us, uh, basically it's a duo, two white women in their 30s who have created this astonishingly big business, uh, basically going into people's houses and arranging their um, closets and their spaces to look aesthetically pleasing. So, Helen, my first question to you here would be, why do you think we have this confluence of shows like Home Edit um, and what, well, how is it affecting our lives? What does, it mean, what does it mean, what is it saying about our society that we have something like this? Mm-hmm. So while I was doing the preparation for this show, I kind of have expanded the research to popular culture and consumerism. Mm-hmm. And when I look at this kind of show i keep asking myself why do we still see women doing this kind of work you know? yeah exactly like, tidying up the house mm-hmm. now you have to make it into a show yeah what the fuck yeah it feels like we're watching something from the 90s you know better home and gardens or burke's backyard but i love those shows I feel like we're watching something from the 50s. Oh, okay. Where, like, um, the, the patriarchy has somehow managed to glamorize, mm-hmm. you know, the home. And yeah. it makes women go, oh, yeah, this is great. I'll, like, spend all my energy making the home look pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I guess it will be popular due to the fact that most people around the world, at the moment, they're locked in their own home. And it will be easier to manipulate people to watch this kind of show now they're stuck at their home. Interesting. And giving the audience the feeling that your your house is not good enough. That's why you're depressed. Yeah. And because now you can only sit in your house due to COVID. And if you want to make your life better, you start watching other people's perfect life with their perfect house. Yeah. And you'll probably get online and start buying their products. Yeah. And you just get sucked into the system of materialism. Yeah. And there's a really toxic cycle, I feel like, this kind of thing. Because when the product arrives in three weeks' time, mm-hmm. you probably have lost the interest mm. of buy, of doing or tidying up. Mm. And I, I'm assuming because of like the elusiveness of our life at the moment, taking control by watching this kind of show, mm. perhaps it will make you feel better. I think the fact that it is still women that's dominating this kind of show... Yeah. Is because women have less power outside of their own household. We're talking about there's yeah. not enough women on upper management. They don't get to say a lot in their workplace at their workplace, and perhaps their home is the only place that they take in control. Yeah, perhaps that's why that this kind of show is still targeting on women because yeah, they exactly. think that you are the person who can take control of your yeah, life of, yeah but you get to control this aspect yeah you get in to the control. world That's in right. the world the only place you can have full power is still in the home yeah and like they're trying to make it fun which is really shit fun yeah yeah and they try to make it fun and not make you think 
you know, there's bigger problems out there. There's yeah, exactly. Bigger issues or social justice questions that you're supposed to go out and solve or yeah, or go and discuss with your friends and things like that. Because the only thing that woman could do, like from this kind of show, is to fucking tidy up the house. Exactly, exactly. I think Helen, what you just said was really spectacularly hits the nail on the head for me, hmm. because. It really, the way in which these shows have been so popularized is making women feel, it's kind of deluding women into thinking this false sense of power mm-hmm. that, yes. that you know, we, we do have agency in our lives. But like the thing is, it's only within the home mm-hmm. and it's only within very superficial, um, non-world changing aspects, which is, okay, if you can't save, um, if you can't fix mass incarceration in the U.S., Go and buy this very lovely piece of like jewelry divider, and then you'll feel good about your room when you wake up. You know, like yeah. it seems to have really capitalized and refocused women's attention. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really you and I both share this stark feeling of depression over this whole concept of women being lured into feeling like um, they have some sort of agency or control over their lives when really they're just being led into a path of like focusing on something that really is not making the world any better. No. It's very self 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 It's actually making you it know, worse. Any, <laughs> yeah, exactly, because you're consuming mm. things made by like 12-year-old or 5-year-old kids in Bangladesh mm. who are getting paid 50 cents an hour. It's so I forget what I was going to say. Okay. It's just really depressing. Yeah, yeah, it is. I want to look talk about how the show I think the show is what? trying to make it more Fancy in the way that they have a celebrities yeah. on their first oh, part totally. of the show. Yeah, and, Reese Witherspoon. And the human desire to peek into celebrities' home and private life, it's like something yes. like they can escape and try to focus on someone else. You know, I mean, yes. I watch um, <laughs> Indian matchmaking because I don't want to think about my own marriage sometimes. And you can just mm-hmm. uh, critique on other people's life and not concerning yeah. about my own. And people make uh it's a very humanized comparison you know it's it a bit unfavorable when you come to think about it is gay yeah what do you mean it's something really horrible that i think that we see people do as a behavior that you try to block yourself from looking the news they say how many yeah. people die from covid refugee issues uh, natural disasters, and if you're looking into mm. celebrities' life, they are often portray a, like a perfect life that made yeah. the uh, illusion for people that if you have this kind of life, you're happy. Like they connect the happiness yeah. to of celebrities' life, and you eventually reflect it on yourself, and you think that if I mm. aspire to that kind of life, if I work towards or at least I purchased something that's similar to what they have in their home, I feel like a celebrity yeah. myself. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that sense of valid, that sense of feeling like you are more worthy because you have mm. acquired. It's a, it's a, it's this philosophy yes. of acquisition and this very human feeling. Yeah, and and I feel very proud that I. That none of us, or maybe one person in our family, who I won't say, but none of us in our family really like are very materialistic, are we? Um, you know, one of our one of our family members has a thing for sports cars, <laughs> and uh, he has the money to buy it. 
But um, oh, I'm talking about my brother here, by the way, not my brother-in-law. <laughs> Just so we make that clear. But Kevin loves us, so he won't mind me saying that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I feel like I've never been materialistic mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> the only thing I overbuy is books and. Oh book yeah, at the moment for you, yeah. <laughs> my whole bedroom is like a jungle. <laughs> Literally, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think we have to come down to ask ourselves whether or not that it is something that you want or something that you need. Because whenever I'm doing my shopping, yeah. that's the question that I ask myself. Yeah. Do I need this Capri chocolate? <laughs> yes, you do. Because I am going insane with my seven-year-old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we should do a part on consumerism. It's such a big topic. Yeah, and I really love what、yeah. you mentioned about celebrity homes because I'm kind of、mm. really obsessed, and I'm writing an essay on AD, you know, Architectural、mm-hmm. Digest. Yeah, so my favorite video on YouTube, like I really, literally, am obsessed, is AD's、uh-huh. open home. It's open houses. It's where they get celebrities、um, opening their doors, and the camera follows them while they introduce stuff in their homes. And、okay. favorites include Dakota Johnson, Jessica Alba. Jake, not Jill, Maggie Gyllenhaal and her husband. It's just, it's so cringeworthy, the way、mm-hmm. that these celebrities are like, ah,、oh, I like, like one of Dakota Fanning's greatest moments is when she goes, oh, she she goes, she shows the camera, like she takes the camera, she takes audiences out to her backyard in L.A., and then she's like, she shows us this. Table outside, which is made of wood timber, and then she's like,、uh-huh. "Oh, this was made from Church Winston Churchill's yacht." <laughs> It's just so fucking ludicrous. And she's like, "Oh, but nobody like uses it." And then, and then, like often celebrities like show off their art.、Mm-hmm. Something about、mm-hmm. celebrities and needing to acquire art.、It's、like, oh, this is a someone, someone or other. And then I Google it, and it costs like three billion dollars. And they're so blasé、yeah. about it. They're just so blasé. Like, oh,、yeah. this marble we got imported from this small town in Italy. Oh, I just, I just think they're so oblivious to their wealth. It's kind of、right. so、yeah. sickening. I think this kind of like there's there should be a responsibility of entertainment companies. Honestly,、mm. you know, there should be more like social. And sustainable responsibilities for shows like this. I know. Like, what、yeah. what are you trying to promote? I think、yeah. capitalism without critical thinking, it's eventually gonna fucking ruin the world. It is already yeah, destroying re- the world. Yeah, and it's creating illusions that materialism is making you happy. Yeah, and also it's extremely gender stereotype. Yeah, that, like we said yeah, before, yeah. you know, about it's the whole show is all about women. Yeah, exactly. Like we see. Yeah, it's good that we see female present representation. Yeah, yeah, but they're doing the same shit that <laughs> our mothers you know? and our grandmothers did. <laughs> yeah, grandmothers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's not progressive. They're just trying to make it beautiful and exactly.、Fun. Yeah, that's exactly. So Sal and I had shout out to Sally. We um had uh <laughs> dumplings last week, and then I told her about home edit, and she she and I looked at the Instagram page, and she said, <laughs> she said, what is not they're doing nothing interesting. Nothing they're doing is interesting. Like, how is this progressive? You know. It's、mm. not progressing feminism at all. And then, like when、no. I showed her the Instagram followers, one point six million, Sally said, "I bet," she said, "I bet ninety percent of those followers are women." And I was yeah, like, "More、true. like ninety nine, yeah."、Uh-huh. Okay, so this is my theory. It's also making women to focus on this kind of 
what uh, it's also making this uh, it's also making women to focus uh their life mm. on this kind of things exactly. to not to care about maybe perhaps you can running for office career, yeah or political issues write a book it's not only i think it's not, if you're talking about overall human this show targeting on women rather than men yeah you know, precisely. why aren't we seeing men doing this yeah, kind of thing? Precisely. Do you know, you know because their mental load yeah. is occupied somewhere else? Because men like are, fucking Parliament House. Yeah, because men know. are running countries. They're taking pictures of country music stars. Like one of the home edit women, her husband is um, a celebrity photographer, and so she oh. had access already to celebrities mm, in order to, mm. like, one of the ways in which home edit became big was. Um, what the one of the friends was her husband, the famous photographer of country music stars. He knew Selma Blair, I think, or someone. So there's a network. Yeah, network. And then yeah. she told Gwyneth Paltrow, and then you know, if Gwyneth Paltrow says on Instagram some that gives a shout out to someone, like their complete their whole lives change literally. Like if yeah, my book yeah. ever got got a shout out from Oprah, my life will be changed monumentally. Mm-hmm. Just that's the force mm-hmm. of the power of these people, yeah. which I feel deeply yeah. uncomfortable about. What I think what what makes me sick really is like these two grown women in their 30s doing their organizing and color coding. Do you know what it makes me feel like? Do you know what it makes it looks like to me? What? It looks like two little 8-year-old girls spending a weekend like doing stationary stuff. Mm-hmm. It feels very mm-hmm. very elementary yeah. school shit like yeah. seriously little yeah. girls can do what they're doing yeah. it's basically like adult women play dating date playing mm-hmm. play dating um like ch- little childish things that little girls do don't mm-hmm. you think yeah except for they're touching like twenty thousand dollar jewelry where oh, they have yeah. to wear gloves it was so annoying when yeah in the first episode when they were dealing when they were handling Reese Witherspoon's like monuments from pieces from her, her movies um, her yeah. movies like Legally Blonde the the women were so annoying they were all like really high pitched squealy mm-hmm. they were like oh my god this is my dream this is my dream to be in Reese Witherspoon's closet oh, and I'm seriously? like seriously your dream is to be in a celebrity's closet like wow girl you have big ambitions <laughs> not like, what the fuck? Sounds like ambition for, like, a 12-year-old. If it's a 12-year-old girl, like, I can... Yeah. Like, I can accept. Yeah, but, but these are grown-ass <laughs> women. What the hell? How does a woman in 2020 grow up to say, my dream was to be inside a closet of a of a has-been celebrity? Sorry, I shouldn't call Reese Witherspoon a has-been. She's actually great. I actually really like her. I like, I like what she's doing in the world, I think. Her Hello Sunshine and her book clubs are actually great, <laughs> but like I don't really like her sort of. Anyway, yeah. I think when individuals aspire to something, you know, it could really redirect yeah. your value system. You know, you subconsciously you imagine yourself to become yeah. like that one day. I mean, there isn't anything to really yeah. aspire to. Like personally, I don't think so. But when you're saying that they have 1.6 mm. million followers, that's the group of people, yeah, yeah, women, women. <laughs> there that wants to get, have that yeah. kind of lifestyle. I feel like the unnecessary materials are kind of subconsciously seep yeah. through your brain and make you believe that's the way yeah, to totally. happiness. You know, because they seem so happy at the end. 
Like everything's tidy up, and it's presented as like yeah, a trophy of life. Yeah, and also when when the big reveal yeah. comes, when the people come into their new closets, they always cry. And legit hell, I cried. Like I looked <laughs> oh, at the gosh. first episode, and I got teary <laughs> watching that doctor come into her closet. Uh-huh. Like it's so powerful. It's uh-huh. like Garth Greenwell says this: anything that makes you feel one way is dangerous. And, like, watching Home Edit Mm -hmm, made me mm -hmm. feel like I needed to go out and fucking buy Kmart culture shit to sort out my bedroom. Fuck. So that's the danger Uh of it. That's the danger of these shows. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It's fucking propaganda. Yeah. I do think so as well. Yeah, you know, like, people with enough wealth Mm. watching this and assume the world is still happy, joyful, and they refuse to look at the real problems in the world. You know, for example, like, vote Trump out of the office. Like my the- my theory is that perhaps that not like my perhaps not everyone will agree. I believe that our cognitive capacity is limited. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I I feel like there's something yeah. bigger power. Let's say perhaps yeah, government or simply the society has created with the idea of capitalism and consumerism. And when you're bombarded with this yeah. kind of content, yeah. you do have a choice. You do have a choice, but. Um, there's something like more often than not that you would choose the easier information for you to absorb. For example, how yeah. to arrange your clothes, uh, you know, catch up with celebrity gossip. Then of then the Middle East conflicts or China's human rights crisis that could potentially yeah. influence your life, but it seems so far away. You don't want to deal with it. You just want to go and coordinate <laughs> your clothes henners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an easy way yeah, out for absolutely. everyone. You know, and also lately, latest iteration of feminism has masked this whole idea under the skies of self care. Like, what have you been doing for self care? Oh, I mm. went to get like a two hundred dollar spa massage because I deserve it. Or like, oh, I went to buy myself mm-hmm. this overpriced pot plant or this like really expensive cream from France because I deserve it. It's just, yeah. I think people are misunderstanding the self-care that was, um, was it an article that I read from yeah. Audrey Lord? I think she first talked about self-care. Yeah, as a political stance. As a, yeah, as black, a political yeah, stance, but not in yeah. consumerism. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. it's fine for you to go and take a spa, like we talked about spa voucher in the oh, previous yeah. episode. That's right. That's fine, but you you shouldn't be doing it so often in the way that's, it's just overkill. Yeah, I think this kind of shows, yeah. Yeah, I feel like when I see shows like Home Edit, I see a, I see a world where there are large pockets of people who have so much money mm-hmm. that they don't know mm-hmm. what to do with it mm-hmm. and they don't know how to be happy. And so they are lured into ways of spending their money yeah. under the false pretense of it that result of spending that money and curating a life that's aesthetically presentable mm-hmm. um, and making you think that it's almost like it's almost like they don't know their calling and so they have to instead fix up their the colors of their pantry and make sure mm-hmm. that the snacks go in like different very nicely labeled um sort of tabs mm-hmm. like wh- i don't get the point of that like i feel like, like it's you don't just see like... men you don't see men doing that you know why no, are men not no. why are men not spending hours and days like going and 
fixing up <laughs> their pantries and like segregating the Tim Tams from the Arnott's bis- Arnott's mm. I don't know Jats. Yeah, that's a female job. That's what we're being taught anyway. It's really scary. I think this kind of show. Yeah. Um, I know some people will say that, oh, it's just, you know, one of those shows, I don't need to use my brain cells when I watch it. It's maybe f- family yeah. friendly. There's no sex. There's no violence. And of course, that I'm not here to censor what people or families to watch. Mm. You know, by all means, you go and watch what you want. You know, when you have small children at your household, when their mm. brains are not fully developed, just think critically yeah. yet, that's the image you're putting in front of your kids to falsely believe that that's the meaning of the life. And then yeah. I think they eventually get sucked into the idea of capitalism and materialism that I have to buy these kind of things to feel purposeful, you know, and happiness. Yeah. Like we, we watch, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we watch lifestyle shows in my own household where Sean tends to watch sci-fi genres, history or <laughs> National Geographic, that kind of show. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving you an example that um, the last similar life star show that we watched was about tiny house i don't know if you heard it where they have a couple or a family they converted into caravan into their own home so it's literally okay. very very small but they utilize mm-hmm. good space and then yeah. we watched for about a couple episodes and mm-hmm. then one day aya said that oh when i grow up i want to live in a small or a tiny house I want a tiny home. See? Yeah. The powerfulness I know. With, for kids to watch in that kind of show. Yeah. Yeah. So all y'all yeah. mothers out there, do not expose your kids to home edit. <laughs> no. <laughs> Any last words? Um, yeah, so many thoughts. I, I think I really love just how you've made me think, yeah, everything that we I expose our kids to and ourselves, you know, it's – it feeds mm-hmm. it, it feeds us into this no 1984 yeah. world of us not really critically thinking about what we consume and through osmosis mm-hmm. we are influenced by things and we our desires you know what we want out of life are often curated by what we consume and we're often not and we're mm-hmm. not often aware mm-hmm. of where those desires come from you know and it's shows like these that yeah. just make me cringe and break my heart because like you said most of these people who are watching it and mo- everyone on the show are women, you know? Sometimes, like, when I remember when we were growing mm. up, you know, how we get, like, kids are easily influenced about, you know, friends and what they see on mm. TV and things like that. And when, whenever we ask our parents, oh, can we buy that, can we buy that? And our parents tend to ask, why yeah. do you need that? You know, because they're coming from a different generation where they were not exposed to this kind of culture or as much yeah. consumerism. And they will question and say that, well, you don't need it. Why yeah. do you need to buy it? I love that. I love that yeah. about our parents. Seriously. Like, none of, mm. like, I'm just speaking about you and Lisa and Hell and me here. Like, all three of us, your mm. daughters. None of us yeah. are materialistic. None of, none of us have ever brought a Prada or a Gucci bag. None of us are, like, full makeup women. Like, all three of us are so fucking down to earth. I'm so proud of us. Like, we have mm. such a... Oh, if you talk, yeah, we're going to talk about designer stuff. We're gonna, there's another whole episode that we can talk about. Oh, okay, yeah. But I just, like, with our mm. family, I love our family. Like, my, neither mum or dad are fucking materialistic. Mm. Like, mum still buys two $10 shoes from Taiwan's <laughs> markets. From, like, the lobby da... Or, like, the night markets. Seriously. And mum's still, like... Every time I see mum, she's dressed in, like, this gorgeous 
new blouse and she's like, oh, I got it for like $2 at Caprimata. <laughs> not $2. Maybe not $2. Okay. <laughs> like $20. But because mum is so devastatingly beautiful, she can just get away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I'm so proud of my parents that they have never made us like yeah. materialistic. Like, yeah, I know some women who like, I know of some women who work in finance and bank and they like spend half their year's salary on like a Gucci bag. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? What is the meaning of life for you? Yeah. Meaning of life. Yeah, that's <laughs> something that we really need to consider. Think about it. And when we were talking about Tokyo Girls over the weekend, you know, yeah. that's one of the aspects yes. that a lot of women that got sucked into <laughs> manipulated by consumerism. And you question yourself, really, what's the meaning of your life? Like You really yeah. have to consider your relationship with choices that you make. You know, yes. even with Netflix and streaming channels, I know it sounds simple, but this kind of thing, it follows you. You still need to maintain a critical thinking yes. and to think about what and how you are consuming. Yeah. How is it impacting the society as a whole? Yes. Yeah. And how is it changing the way you see the world? That's right. That's the right. lens in which you see everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. You're a fucking genius, Helen. <laughs> think we're gonna sign out now okay so make sure you check out uh soy's and spice long dray online store. yeah sign so, up to the competition yeah. guys and sign up to the competition and you can also shop there uh, at their website with a discount code of dash capital a and small letters s-i-a-m-b uh, I'll have it on the show notes because I don't speak that clearly. And anyway, so once again, thank you to our listeners. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. Please give us a rating and review. You can find our updates on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Asian Bitches Down Under. We welcome discussions and feedback. So we'll chat to you next time. Yo, have a great week, guys. Yay. Bye. Bye.